VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to Hollywood and Levine. I am Ken Levine, your podcast host. Hopefully a lot of laughs this week. I have a number of stories relating to casting and more specifically, miscasting. You are going to be scratching your head. You are going to be laughing when you hear some of these stories this week on Hollywood and Levine. Okay, as screenwriters, this is what we have to put up with. These are the people giving us notes. Now, there's a new movie that came out the beginning of November called Harriet, which is about the heroic freedom fighter Harriet Tubman, who guided hundreds of slaves to freedom, and she herself fleed slavery in Maryland. It's a really good movie. Uh, Cynthia Erivo plays the part, and she might even win an Oscar. Now, the screenwriter, who is also the producer of the film, a gentleman named Gregory Allen Howard, (laughs) went public with this story. Okay, first of all, he had been working on the project for 25 years. In 1994, he had a meeting with a studio head. Okay, and the studio head said, The script is fantastic. Let's get Julia Roberts to play Harriet Tubman. Now, Howard said, um, well, uh, the character is, is black. She fleed slavery in Maryland, uh, you know. And um, here's what the executive said. Ah, it was so long ago, no one is going to know the difference. <laughs> Tell me you're not laughing. Yeah, well, okay, that was 1994, and certainly uh, um, society norms have changed a little, but still, how unbelievable is that story? And it reminds me of a number of other stories, other fun things to share. So when I was producing Aftermash. And uh, we were justifiably sinking in the ratings. One of the 20th Century Fox TV executives said that what we needed to do was get back some of the MASH stars to guest on the program. Like, say, Hot Lips. Okay. And I said that we had reached out to Loretta Swit, but she wasn't interested. And he said, well, does it have to be Loretta Swit? Uh. Okay, um, so as a joke, I said, no, of course not. What about Diana Ross? To which he said, hmm, that's interesting. No, by the way, we never went forward pursuing Diana Ross. These are true stories, true stories. Now, I once wrote a spec romantic comedy screenplay And the romantic lead was a Jewish girl. And one studio executive liked it, so he sent it on to Whitney Houston. 
That's another project that didn't go. And another time, my partner David Isaacs and I were doing a rewrite for a movie for 20th Century Fox. And this was like, I think in like the late 80s, maybe early 90s, probably late 80s. Anyway, the lead character was a young woman in her early 20s. And the producer and studio people were all sitting around during a note session. And the producer said, let's get Goldie Hawn. And I reminded him that she was twice as old or older than the character that we needed her to be. And he said, who gives a fuck as long as we get Goldie Hawn? We did not get Goldie Hawn. That movie was not made. Oh, by the way, in the same movie... The other romantic lead was supposed to be a character kind of like Cary Grant in His Girl Friday, supposed to be sort of a charming cad, and there were elements of Spencer Tracy in this guy. He had to be very, very charming. The studio reached out to Andrew Dice Clay. Meanwhile... A friend of mine was doing a pilot for ABC a number of years ago, and the head of casting had a great suggestion for a part. What about Lee J. Cobb? And my friend had to tell her that he had been dead for 20 years. He was probably still on the list. And in television, remember that the network has final say in casting. Did you ever notice that in the 90s and the 2000s, that if you watch CBS, that the women on most CBS shows were brunettes. Patricia Heaton, Jamie Gertz, Lisa Snyder, Juliana Margulies, on and on and on. Why? Because Les Moonves liked brunettes. Julie Chen is not a blonde. We once had a pilot, this was years ago, I think like 1979, and I've talked about this pilot before on the podcast, but it was a pilot we had for NBC, and it was kind of like a Nichols and May team. And for those who don't know who Nichols and May were, uh, Mike Nichols and Elaine May, and they had come up through improv in Chicago, and they worked so well together that they kind of became a comedy team. So what we wanted to do was have two great improvisers team up, a man and a woman, And that was going to be the crux of the show. And this was long before when Harry met Sally. But we had the same concept. Could two people who were attracted to each other be friends and not lovers? Okay, so that was the idea. And the woman that we wrote was, we were thinking sort of Gilda Radner Andrea Martin and a young Andrea Martin came in and read and was fantastic. And we really didn't know that much about Andrea Martin back then, but she was great. The interesting thing about that particular casting session, David and I had gone back to New York to do that. 
And we thought, well, let's videotape these so that we can show them to NBC. And you need somebody to play off of. And so I would play the part of the guy against whoever came in to read. So I still have, and I'm very proud of this, I still have the screen test of me and Andrea Martin. Okay, that's just a sidelight. So we go back to NBC, and they had a casting, dowager woman, and we say, here's who we want to go with. She hated her. She just hated her. One of the things that she said, and it's kind of ironic when you consider today's world of television, is that she was too ethnic. Mm-hmm. Well, who did she want? Who did she see in this part? Tony Tennille. Tony Tennille was this blonde singer. She sang Love Will Keep Us Together. Just very waspy. Imagine Tony Tennille playing Carla Tortelli on Cheers. That was very close to the type of character that we had envisioned and we had written. We did not hire Tony Tennille. Okay, this was one that we were not involved in, but... I got such a laugh watching this particular episode. There was a series, I think it was on ABC, called David Cassidy, Man Undercover. And he played this cop who would go undercover. Okay? You know what David Cassidy looked like, especially back then. This was probably the 80s. I mean, he was a real good-looking teen throb Okay. (laughs) There's one episode where he goes undercover in a prison, in a maximum security prison. Now, when you look at that baby face and you figure if that guy is thrown in the clink, how long until he was just passed around by the inmates like a collection plate? Yeah, great casting there. And finally, this is a pilot that we had in 2004, and I might have mentioned this story too, but who listens to every episode of a podcast? So we had a pilot. This was for Fox. And we wanted to go with a young actor to play a supporting role. We'd seen a lot of actors, and this guy came in and just blew us away. There was just something so interesting about him, so special about this guy. And David and I both looked at each other and said, we're done. That's the guy. So proudly, we bring him to Fox. No, they don't approve him. We can't believe it. I'm telling you, this guy was really, really special. So we go back. We look at a couple of other people. We're saying to ourselves, who are we kidding here? There's nobody in this guy's league. We call up the network and say, we want to bring him back again. Maybe you guys are having a bad day, but 
we think this guy is fantastic. We even wrote him a special new scene. We want to do everything we could to make sure that this guy gets approved. And we go back down to Fox. We do it again. He's fantastic. He's even better than before. Nope. They pass on him. And again, we're just banging our head against the wall. How can they not see the potential of this young actor? Finally, we called him again and we said, we're going to bring him back a third time because there is no second choice. This is the guy we want. Meanwhile, we took as the lead someone who they suggested, and he was terrible and basically killed the pilot. But we at least wanted our one guy. So we go back and he does another audition and the studio and the networks go like, uh, well, okay, if you want him, you got him, uh, whatever. It was Aaron Paul. It was Aaron fucking Paul. Needless to say, he was great in our pilot and he went on to play Jesse in Breaking Bad. And from what I understand, in the original pilot, the original conception was that the Jesse character was supposed to die in that episode. He's supposed to be killed in the pilot. But after one or two days of filming, Vince Gilligan, <laughs> you know, being a smart guy and having eyes and ears, recognized this guy is really special. We, we got to keep this guy. We can't kill this guy. And, of course, he went on to be Jesse through all the years of Breaking Bad and the subsequent El Camino movie. So those are just uh, a number of cases of crazy casting that came to mind when I found out that Julia Roberts was suggested to play Harriet Tubman. More in a moment, but first a great Christmas idea. With everybody looking into their ancestry and going online and then taking DNA tests, by the way, it turns out I'm 80% Neanderthal, we're missing a golden opportunity to learn about our relatives and loved ones that are still here and have great stories. And when they're gone, they are gone. And that is why StoryWorth is a true godsend. Now, StoryWorth is an online service that helps your loved ones tell the story of their lives through thought-provoking questions that they will send to you. Every week, StoryWorth emails your family members different story prompts, questions that you never think to ask. Things like... uh, Uh, what has been some of your greatest surprises? And what's one of the riskiest things that you've ever done? And then after one year, StoryWorth will compile every answered question and photo that you choose, and then they will put it together in a beautiful keepsake book and ship it to you free. You never know what you're going to learn about your family history. So I want you to sign up today for StoryWorth, and I have an introductory offer for you. Yes, you just go to storyworth.com slash Levine, L-E-V-I-N-E, and you get $20 off 
your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash Levine for $20 off. What's a greater Christmas gift than memories of your family that you can cherish forever? Speaking of bad acting, two shows had the misfortune of hiring me, along with my partner, David Isaacs. These were two sitcoms. Believe it or not, they're no longer around. One is called Open All Night, and the other was called The Marshall Chronicles. And in both cases, they were episodes that we wrote. Both were really funny shows, despite the fact that we were in them. But let me go through the two shows. Open All Night, this was like 1980 or 1981, and it was about an all-night convenience store, like 7-Eleven, starred George Zunza and uh, Bubba Smith. Actually, a very funny show. The creators were Tom Patchett and Jay Tarsus, and they were the showrunners for the best seasons of the Bob Newhart show, both very, very funny guys. Tom Patchett went on to do ALF, and Jay Tarsus went on to do Days and Nights of Molly Dodd, and also Patchett and Tarsus did a show called Buffalo Bill, which is one of my top ten favorite sitcoms. That one starred Dabney Coleman as a giant asshole, but, God, it was fun. Anyway, this was a very nutty show, open all night. And at the time, David and I had a development deal at Lorimar, and we were exclusive to Lorimar and couldn't work for any other studio. But there was a Writers Guild strike. And as a result of that, everyone was let out of their deal. And this particular show, Open All Night, was done by a very small production company. And the production company went to the Writers Guild, as did a couple of other these tiny independent production companies, and said, we're going to go bankrupt. We will sign whatever deal they ultimately come up with, but we can't afford to be out of business for three months. So the Guild said, okay, you can be in production. So David and I were then free to write episodes for Open All Night. And when we saw the pilot of Open All Night, we saw that Jay Tarsus, one of the creator writers, was not only in the show, but was a a series regular. He played a supporting role as a cop. He was very funny. So we said, as a lark to Tom and Jay, well, we want to be in the show too. And they said, okay, write yourself in. So the scene was a mace class, and David and I were two swinging lawyers trying to pick up female mud wrestlers at a mace class. We did not win the Humanitas or the Peabody Award for this particular episode, but it was damn funny. It really was. So the first thing we do, we write the script, And we describe the characters as being eerily similar to Ken Levine and David Isaacs. And the casting director, Lisa Mione, who's a wonderful casting director, gets that and panics. 
because she figures, well, those are two actors. And as a casting director, she, of course, is supposed to know who all the actors are in town. So she's calling around all the managers and all the other casting directors saying, who is Ken Levine and David Isaacs? And, of course, none of them know (laughs) because we're not actors and we were not on their radar. Finally, she has to come to Tom and Jay and go, who who are these guys? And Tom said, yeah, no, they're the actual writers. They will play the parts. So we have the first run through, and we're pretty good, I might say. And we each are hitting on one of these women. And the woman that they hired for me, the female mud wrestler who... I was putting the moves on. It was named Cassandra Peterson. And some of you may know her as Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. She's very sweet. She's very unlike Elvira. So we have that first day's run through. And the lines were really what we wrote. They did not change our dialogue at all. They made one little change that night in the rewrite. They put in the stage direction, these two women get tired of these idiots and fling them over their shoulders. So now a stunt guy has to come in the next day and show her and us how to do that. So now all day long, we're getting thrown around We're getting banged up. We're putting on ace bandages and stuff. Just, you know, we we looked like the Michelin man uh, underneath our clothes. We did this for three days. Then we had the dress rehearsal on Friday at 3 o'clock. And then at 8 o'clock, we're going to shoot the show. And we do the dress rehearsal. Again, we get flung around. And after the dress rehearsal, Jay comes to us and goes, hey, you know, guys, I think we're going to cut the stunt. So they did not fling us during the actual taping. The whole thing was just to fuck with us for four days. Like, you guys want to be on television? You guys think America is ready for you? Well, here you go. So that was our adventure on Open All Night. Now, The Marshall Chronicles. This was a show written by and created by a wonderful writer named Richie Rosenstock. He has done Friends and Will and Grace and Family Guy and Arrested Development. Has a couple of Emmys. Uh, He did Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley and Mork and Mindy. Terrific writer. And he had this series, and it was about a young Jewish boy. Fortunately, the network didn't suggest Julia Roberts, but it was this young Jewish high school kid, kind of a young Woody Allen back in the days when it was okay to be a young Woody Allen. So we wrote an episode for him about a big wedding. And we said, and I don't know why, because we usually don't do this, but we said, hey, Richie, can we be in it? And he goes, okay, 
write yourself in a small part. So in this case, we were two gay lawyers. Every Jewish family seems to have at least one cousin somewhere who's gay. And, of course, the rest of the family can't see it. (laughs) They just don't understand why he hasn't found the right girl yet. But we play these parts, and I even have to deliver a joke while walking. While walking, ladies and gentlemen. Jimmy Burroughs directed the episode and got a great performance out of us. But what we found... In both cases, being an actor on a show, we're bored. Because most of the time, you just sit around. You just wait and wait and wait until it's time for your scene to be up. Then you go up and you do your scene for 10, 15 minutes. And then you sit back down for another few hours until the run-through. It was very boring. Anyway, we only did this twice, and later we had our own shows on TV. We had three series that we created and produced, and we never hired ourselves to be actors. We did some visual cameos, but we never hired ourselves to deliver lines for two reasons. Number one we felt we were taking a job away from a real actor, somebody who was trying to support his family by doing this, and he needed the money a lot more than we did, just doing this as a lark, as an ego trip. And the other reason, and this is just good producing, is that the real actor is better, way better than us. So why not go with the person who is going to give you the best performance. So that, in its entirety, is my television acting career. And I get no residuals because neither of those shows have been rerun in 20 years. And that will do it for this week on Hollywood and Levine. Told you some of those stories were insane, right? By the way, I still have a bruise from doing that goddamn stunt on Open All Night. Anyway, our thanks as always to Adam and Susie Meister-Butler, Howard Hoffman, John Wolfert, Bruce, and Jason Miller. I will be back again next week. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at Ken Levine. If you want to email me, easily done, just write down my email address, hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. That is hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. Also on Instagram, Hollywood and Levine. And I could use a five-star review and please subscribe. You know, you know the drill. Also, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I'm trying to compile a number of questions from you listeners so that I can do a whole episode kind of like Friday questions in my blog, but these will be questions that I will answer here on the air or on the net, whatever the equivalent is of on air. So please email me those questions at hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. And they can be about show business or dating, anything. So that will do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. I will join you again next week. Bye-bye. Hollywood and Levine.